Greetings, church and friends of the church. This is uh, the scripture from the letter of James and the sermon that were a part of the worship of the Valley Forge Presbyterian Church on Sunday, August the 1st, 2021. Um, we uh, continue week two in a seven-week focus on the wisdom of James, who was one of the earliest voices speaking in the world post-Jesus, about what it meant to intentionally implement the teachings of Jesus into the social order of the day so that <clears throat> the world around him could and would be reshaped physically uh, by an intentional Christianity. So we listened carefully for the guidance of uh, a James uh, so that we might hear what we discover about how we are called and compelled to be intentionally Christian in the here and now, um, in the midst of our context and our social order. So this is what James wrote. Is he wrote, what good is it, brothers and sisters, if you can say that you have faith, but do not have works? Can faith save you? If a brother or sister is naked, and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm, and eat your fill, and yet you do not supply their bodily needs, what is the good of that? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I, by my works, will show you my faith. You believe that God is one? You do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, senseless person, that faith apart from works is barren? Was not our ancestor Abraham justified by works when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works. And faith was brought to completion by the works. Thus the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed in God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. And he was called friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. Likewise, was not Rahab the prostitute also justified by works when she welcomed the messengers and sent them out by another road? For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is also dead. James wrote, the, uh, the, the emphasis of this particular reflection, faith without works is dead faith. And when we talk about something being dead, we mean that it is lifeless. It, it may look like something, but it can't do anything. Something that is dead is lacking animation, lacking any impact on the world around it. Something dead cannot respond to impulses or perform functions. At, at first thought, we might immediately associate um, the concept of life and death with literal physical life, blood pumping, lungs breathing, people and all of God's creatures, big and small, being animated and performing functions and responding to impulses until the day that they can no longer. But we also extend this concept of that which has life and, and is animated and that which does not have life to other things. We say that our car dies 
not when it ceases to, to physically exist, but when it is no longer animated, lacks the ability to perform its function and therefore impact our life. There are plenty of cars uh, sitting in junkyards, barns, garages, and driveways that are physically intact and present, yet they are unanimated, unable, and dead. We say that our cell phones are dead, not when they cease to exist, but when they temporarily are no longer animated by the battery and therefore are unable to perform a function. There are plenty of deactivated cell phones laying around, physically intact, but unable, and plenty of uncharged phones and bang in bags and on countertops that could be alive, but aren't. Just because something is physically intact and present doesn't mean that it's alive. If it's unanimated and unable to do what it is supposed to do, then although it's physically there, it's dead. Now, Jesus talked about this. This was obviously before, you know, cars and cell phones. So he used the metaphor of trees and fruit, um, teaching that we can know the difference between true and false teachings by the fruit of the lives of these teachers, the things that their lives produce or don't produce. A good tree bears good fruit animated to produce kind, loving, compassionate actions that impact the world around us. That's a good teacher bearing good fruit. That's a, that's a teacher who is alive and teaching life. A bad tree, he said, bears bad fruit. This is the life that's animated to produce actions that are selfish, greedy, to the detriment of others. Fruit that is something different than what we say is good or right or true or godly. And a dead tree bears no fruit having no impact positively or negatively on others. It's, it's there, it's, it's, but it's not animated. It's, it's not alive. James, in this scripture, used another uh, contemporary metaphor, that of the body and the spirit. So um, in writing that, just uh, as the body without the spirit is dead, faith without works is dead. So, so in the time of Jesus and James, their pseudo-scientific understanding of how life works, because they didn't know what we know about lungs and hearts and oxygen and all that good stuff, was that there were various spirits that could get inside of you, and like a wireless charge that you can't see animate you. And we hear this understanding in the story of God breathing the spirit of life into Adam and Eve, the psalmist confessing that God both gives and takes away this animating spirit of life, we hear it in John's gospel as the resurrected Jesus breathes in the faces of his followers and says, receive my spirit as the force that will now animate your lives. We hear it in the story of the Pentecost when the spirit of God swept through, taking up residence within all as an animating force and animated them to act differently. So in this understanding, a body without this animating spirit can't do anything. It cannot respond to impulses, perform functions. It can't impact the world around it, itself, and so it's dead. Faith without animation, without the animating force of God's spirit of guidance and direction, doesn't do anything. And this faith that lacks an impact on the world around it by good and godly works done is therefore dead. It's a car without an engine or gas or a driver. It's a cell phone without a charge. It's a dead tree that doesn't produce fruit. It's just a trunk and a canopy that are standing there, but, but aren't really alive. 
And, and so James writes, challenging Christians both in his time and now, it's a challenge to us. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I, by my works, will show you my faith. So this raises a, a challenging rhetorical question that we struggle to answer in contemporary Christianity. Can a Christian demonstrate her or his faith to someone else without pointing to the ways that it was animated and acted out in works? Can a car demonstrate its carness without doing car things like running and driving? Is the look of a car or the potential of its someday operating enough as it sits in a driveway or garage? Can an apple tree reveal itself to be an apple tree if it never actually produces an apple? Can a body reveal its livelihood if it cannot breathe or speak or move? How might we start to answer this question of how do we actually demonstrate our Christianity without having to point to the works that come out from that faith and that trust and that commitment to what Jesus taught, being animated in real action? So perhaps we might say something about how our faith is revealed. How, do, how, do, how does the world know that we are Christian? Perhaps we might say something about how, our, how that Christianity is real by the, revealed by the fact that we go to church, that we regularly go to a church building to see and be seen by others. We talk about how we sing and pray, how we listen to sermons, trying to learn something new about the Bible or church history or some other bit of information that we file away, or how we give in support of the institution of the church to support uh, that practice of gathering people in to hear something or to learn something. But, but then we have to ask ourselves, couldn't someone who isn't really a Christian, someone who has no intention of claiming or pursuing a Christian approach to life, also go to church? Couldn't they come to hear, to, to listen, to see, to be seen, to learn some new piece of information, maybe even give some money? Absolutely. And so does the act of being a churchgoer, going to church, actually show our faith in the way of Jesus? Does it actually reveal us as Christians? One of my favorite quotes from Garrison Keillor, who wrote, Anyone who thinks sitting in a church can make you a Christian must also think that sitting in a garage can make you a car. The car that is full of life, the car is the car that's uh, able not just to sit in the garage, but to leave the garage and then go do car-ish, car-y things. And the difference between the, the Christian and the non-Christian in a church gathering together uh, is demonstrated when those people leave their, leave their garage, when those cars leave the garage. When the gathering is finished and we go out into the world to then do Christian-y things. Show me your faith apart from your works, and I, by my works, will show you my faith. Perhaps um, another common way of responding to this question, how to, how to demonstrate Christian faith without pointing, without having to necessarily point to the good works of our actions as signs of the animation of the Spirit of God uh, within us, another common response is that we might say something about how we are a believer. I am a Christian, and, and I can show you that, demonstrate that to you by pointing to the ways that I believe. 
my Christian faith is demonstrated in, in these belief statements and these belief systems that I uh, assent to as being true. I am a Christian because I believe this about Jesus or this about Mary or this about God or this about other people who don't believe the same things that I do. Now, this has been a really popular way of measuring and demonstrating Christian faith for centuries, uh, post-Reformation in particular. Um, it's, it's why we have different words that describe our church on our sign, on our lawn, from the other groups of Christians in the same town that we live in, because we, our, our little group, are, are those whose Christianity is revealed um, through our list of interpretations and beliefs that we've arrived at. And, and so we asked, does the act of pointing to our believing in God or believing in Jesus to be the one who is fully human and also the full incarnation of God, does that, does that actually show our faith in, our trust in, our commitment to the teachings and the guidance of Christ as Lord? Well, James wrote, you believe in God. You believe that God is one. You do well. That's great. Even the demons believe, though, and they shudder. You believe in God? You believe Jesus is who he says, says he was? Great. But remember, even those who are demonic, even those who are ungodly, actively oppositional to God and God's will of peace, believe in God. Their belief that God is does not make, really make them people of faith. It makes them people of belief. And despite that belief, their, their actions reveal them for who they are, not really Christians, not people following God's will for them in this world, but those who oppose God's will for their own sake, for their own reasons. And so James is inferring here, not by my religious routines and habits, not by my beliefs, but by the fruits of my Christianity being animated into action and intentional works in the world around me, you will know me and you will know my Christian faith. He asks this question of Christians. If a brother or sister is naked or hungry, and our Christian conviction reminds us that we are those who love our neighbors as ourselves, and so in the midst of our gathering, we pray for them as part of that religious routine, saying, we pray that they might be at peace. We pray, pray that they might keep warm. We pray that they might eat their fill from this academic and theological belief that God is a God of justice and truly desires that this neighbor would be no longer hungry or thirsty. And we pray those prayers, but then we don't act out our Christian conviction to love the neighbor by actually doing something to meet their current bodily needs, James asks, what is the good of that? What's the good of your church going? What's the good of your believing? What's the good of your praying for those people if you never actually act? Going to church, thoughts and prayers, belief statements and confessions, don't clothe the naked or feed the hungry. Action clothes and feeds. Clothing and feeding, clothes and feeds. Jesus said to his, his, his buddy and his follower, Peter, if you love me, feed my sheep. He said to, he said to his other followers, if you believe in me, 
then you will do what I've demonstrated for you. Go and do likewise. He said, just as you do for the least of your sisters and brothers, you've done for me. Jesus said that not everyone who calls him Lord, Lord, is actually living in his kingdom, where it is his will that is dictating action and relationship. He said, but only the ones who do his will, only the ones who do the will of God are those who are actually living in Christianity. Religion and belief without works are like bodies without spirit, and they're like trees without fruit. So in the last reflection, we considered that we are more than hearers. And in this, we consider that we are more than believers, and we are more than churchgoers. We are Christians. And that means that by our works, we show the world the goodness and the beauty and the power of Christianity that is a Christianity that is not dead or dying, but very much alive and well. Dead cars get repaired. Dead phones get recharged. Dying trees can be nurtured back to fruitfulness. In the mystery of resurrection, new life springs forth after death in this life when a new animating spirit is given to all of us in the next life. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? A faith that is lifeless is only a few intentional Christian works away from being vibrant and animated once again. A Christianity, a church that has become lifeless, struggling and failing to impact the world around it, to respond to impulses and to act. Is just a few intentional works away from being vibrant and animated once again. This is our future. This is our future in God's love, a vibrant and lively faith. And so God help us to choose life and not death, to choose action, to choose work. Amen. Be safe. Be well. Please wear a mask. Please get vaccinated. Love your neighbor. Peace be to all.